This Lcast is recorded in front of a live streaming audience. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who's continually looking for ravens. Welcome, Jacob. Man, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Oh my gosh. We're going to die. Wait. Oh, yeah. I'm right here. Never mind. Um, yeah. Man, that was a weird trip. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and let me introduce our co-host, a man who... Uh, it's just looking for a good road trip with a, with a, with a, with a brother in arms. Welcome, Drew. It would have to be a brother in arms, considering I'm an only child. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, we are reviewing onward this week, which means first we've got the answer to our trivia time question from Saturday. <laughs> that was a quick turnaround. Yeah, that was a big. We turnaround. didn't give you all a lot of time. This no, one. we didn't. The question was. What monsters from Dungeons and Dragons appear in Onward? And I will fully admit, I may not have asked this question correctly for the answer I wanted. Dun, dun, dun. I should have said what monsters from were licensed from Dungeons and Dragons that appear in Onward. Mm. Because the answer to that, do you know, Jacob? Um, the Manticore? No. Manticore comes from mythology. That is true. What? Oh, yeah, the... Uh, um, Ah oh, crap! <laughs> what is it? <laughs> there are two. Okay, they are, and they are credited. In, they are in the credits for a, a special thanks to Wizards of the Coast for allowing them to to use these two monsters. Okay, what are they? One of them is a little more obvious: mm -hmm. the gelatinous cube, cube, of course. And the second is the Beholder. Really? Which I, there is some contention online as to where the Beholder is in the film. Uh, I've heard it's a, a patch on uh, Barley's jacket, mm. maybe a picture of one on in the tavern. It's hard to tell, but it's not as obvious. But it technically is in the film somewhere. I, 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 I'm just guessing here. I think it's on Barley's jacket because I remember at some point. There is something on Barley's jacket that kind of mm. reminded me of a beholder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which for those who don't know what a beholder is, it's a giant demon eyeball with a bunch of tentacles. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> scary. Whereas the, uh, the the gelatinous cube is a cube of slime yeah. that dissolves everything in its path. <laughs> but getting into who actually answered this question, uh, Dallas uh, Geek Devotions did not have an answer, but tried to tag in two of his friends, uh, John Haru of the Playing Games with Strangers podcast, along with. Uh, Squid from the same podcast, real mm. name Catherine Sherwinsky, but everyone just calls her Squid. Mm. Uh, John had no idea what even Onward was, mm. which I guess fair. It was, he came out at a weird time. But, a very uh, odd time. Yes, but Squid said, uh, could probably argue the Pixies, but they're not really monsters. No. And the dragon too, but it's a stone dragon, which isn't technically a kind of dragon in D&D, &D, so eh. And she also asked, uh, guess the Manticore. Hmm. Uh, and then Josh Adams also, uh, if I can get back over to where that one is, uh, he thought it might be the Manticar, Manticore, Centaur, Cyclops, Goblin, Dragon, not a real one, but I still count it, and Pixie, and I think <laughs> that's about it. 
Here's the thing. Nearly every single one of those do not originate in Dungeons and Dragons. Most of them, though, they're from, they're uh, from different mythologies exactly. and different other fantasies, mm-hmm. and they are public domain, so they don't count. But admittedly, I probably didn't answer ask the question in a way mm-hmm. that explained good of what answer I was looking for. So well, my apologies there. It happens. It's a good thing I'm not really keeping score. Otherwise, I may have to award uh, points. <laughs> but anyway, Jacob, how are you doing this fine day? Well, in between saturday's recording and today which is a tuesday a tuesday so we're looking at at most three days yeah at most three days it's a you know three day span uh doing pretty good a little tired but that's you know the beginning of the week and i can't wait for the weekend mm-hmm. and um any dates coming up for you and uh, your significant other <laughs> uh we are going to have uh we're going to do a double date with my brother uh, Daniel and his wife ah. on we're going to do have lunch and then we're then the singles group we're a part of are going to do a uh, like movie and movie snack. game night movie game thing. night yeah so that should be fun yes I agree with that uh, other than that uh, let me think there's something I'm working on. I'm hoping to do more of like a Patreon for my own, my exclude my own art mm-hmm. and uh, see if I can just get something off the ground, try to motivate myself a little bit more to do art, push myself artistically. Right. And uh, heck, you never know. It may, it may become, maybe become of something. So you never know. No, well, once you get that Patreon off the ground, assuming you end up deciding to do that, exactly, uh, you will be free to advertise it on the show because this show is owned by both of us. So, exactly. Yeah, just putting that out there. Keep an eye out for his Patreon if y'all want to give him money instead mm-hmm. of the show in general. If you want to exclude me from get, being giving <laughs> giving money to, and just want to pay Jacob, <laughs> give it to his Patreon, not our Patreon, <laughs> and then I'll just if it gets significant enough i'll start pushing money back to, <laughs> to our stuff <laughs> no what what you do is you just go ahead and say okay yeah i'm getting a bunch in i'll be a patron of my own show oh, there we go <laughs> and then you won't even have to to physically hand me money it'll just move it over it'll just go to his account <laughs> yeah exactly yeah because it is my account technically <laughs> that is true I'm the, I'm the one listen, getting most of the benefits for who we're that is patrons true. of. Not that I wouldn't give you the uh, true the the RSS feeds, but <laughs> if you wanted them, right? But anyway, all right. So yeah, that's all. That's basically what I've been doing. What do you mean, you doing, Drew? Uh, let's see. It was like we said, three days, mm-hmm. since we or two and a half days, let's say, roughly two and a half. I've worked for I, I worked two of those days. Mm-hmm. I went to church one of those days. That is true. Easter Sunday, Easter Sunday good. was good. Good. Oh my gosh, so many people at church. Oh my gosh. And yet, it still wasn't as full as I was. Ex- I was thinking it would be. I don't even know if they use overflow. I'm not sure if they did. Because it didn't well, look like there was enough people in the sanctuary for them to need overflow. Yeah, because there were still large gaps I could see from where I was standing up in the choir loft. Oh, okay. I was about to ask ever since you were in the choir yeah. loft. Like, well, you, I know you, you had know a very pe- good perspective. I know ever. you know people. Mm-hmm. You might have heard. You might you you get news faster than I do with, mm. via the gossip train. <laughs> uh, no, I, I like I honestly did not hear uh. much of anything. Well, I'll, I'll put it this way: the row you and Ashley were on, mm-hmm. and uh, there was like 
after you get past y'all two, or actually the, the row in front of y'all, I think it yeah. was like one person there and then one person on the far end. And that was it mm-hmm. <laughs> on that entire pew. So, well, most people like some of that. I know they were, it was cause they, some of that was reserved for the choir when they came down. Not that right. I made use of it because I immediately, uh, after I came down out of the choir loft, brought Facebook up on my phone so I could listen to the sermon as I drove to home mm-hmm. to visit parents for the day for Easter. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know that some of that was being used for the choir so they could have a place to sit mm-hmm. if they didn't have someone's already saving them a seat. Yeah. But anyway, but overall be like the uh, church and it was great. Be like, I'm prob- I don't know if some of you don't go to church out there, but it's like, yeah, this was Easter a- Sunday Easter is, is huge. Tr- if you, if you don't go to church, regularly uh but there easter sunday is generally the busiest sunday of the year it's busier than christmas yeah for the most part for generally because there is a large amount of people who they they decide they say yes we're christians we go to church at easter and christmas and christmas and then you don't see them the rest of the year yeah uh i'm not going to judge because i don't know what anyone's going through but I wonder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, Easter and Christmas are generally the two busier Sundays of the year, and yet, uh, I think we weren't. E- I think last week that we, there was more people there, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't know. There again, this church is growing. Yeah, we so are growing. We are growing. It's just curious what this we, we need more Sunday what, school room. That's what we need right yeah, now. Uh, agreed. You know, I wonder what the next step's going to be. I don't. I don't know these steps yet, but. I wonder what the next step is. Yes, but anyway, Jacob, yeah. what have you been watching? Uh, besides a bunch in of YouTube three, in the last three days, uh, YouTube. Uh, I watched uh, Empire Dreams, the Star Wars story on uh, Disney Plus, mm-hmm. which that is I've, I've watched that a few times. Is the documentary the making of Star Wars episode four through? six right which came out on the original dvd release of star mm-hmm. wars mm-hmm. original trilogy yes uh the silver and or- and gold boxes mm-hmm. yeah that was always interesting that was that's interesting to watch um and let me think what else have i been watching not a whole lot except for just a lot of youtube and just trying to you know get creative and just yeah okay. that's about it what about you I did see a movie mm-hmm. like literally we got done recording. You were fast and furiously putting out that album art. Oh, good night. Yes. <laughs> Whereas I was in the truck going to Tyler uh, <laughs> and I went and saw a movie that was only showing. I, I found it at AMC, but it was one. I, I, I felt the need to get out of the apartment. Okay. I'm sure you understand that. Yeah. And apparently sit in a dark room with a, staring at a lights on the screen, but <laughs> I saw a movie called um, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Okay. It is, it's another, it's more of a pretentious movie, but it is directed by the Russos. Okay. Who did uh, Civil War, Winter Soldier, and Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. Uh-huh. Among like a bunch of other things, but this is, this, that's what most people are going to recognize that they uh, directed. Yeah. And it is a film starring uh, Michelle Yao. Okay. You know, uh, no, I was getting my names confused. Anyway, I was thinking Ming Na Wen, but that's not who it was. It was Michelle Yao. Michelle Yao. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I and it is that. a multiverse movie. Yeah. 
And literally, they pull some of the weirdest stuff in this, and it makes sense. There's, there, there, are, there are universes, universes that they create as a joke, hmm. and yet they put more work into that than I think Marvel has put into anything they've done sometimes. Wow. My favorite part there is there's a point in there where um, Michelle Yell is trying to explain to her family that they were being controlled by people from another universe but she doesn't know how well to explain it in english mm-hmm. so she says oh, it's like that movie uh Rakanui. you know the one where the guy's up there and he's the guy's the guy's a bad chef but there's a, a giant raccoon in his hat controlling his movements <laughs> says, you mean ratatouille he says no no i'm fairly certain it was a raccoon <laughs> well at some point Mouse? raccoon at some point she needs the ability to not get not to get to she she has part of what she can do is she can pull from her abilities of her other selves and other mm-hmm. universes. And at one point she pulls from her, the part of the universe where she's a cook. Oh no. And you, she has a friend who's got a credibly thick, was that called a toque? That little th- chef hat. Yeah. Thing? The toque. The toque. And at one point she goes over and while they're back in the kitchen and she pulls the thing off his head and there's a giant <laughs> Puppet raccoon. It's not CG. It is somebody as an animatronic raccoon. And there's and this thing keeps popping back up over and over again during different parts. I'm like, huh? Believe me, it makes sense. But if I were to try and explain it, you would think I was as nutty as a jaybird. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it was a weird movie, but it's a good movie. Uh, there are some things in it I don't like, like most modern movies. If you catch my drift, right? Yeah, oh, Jamie Lee Curtis is in it too as a I uh, heard. as a uh, IRS agent. Oh, fun! <laughs> One point they have fingers made out of weenies. I'm not going to explain it. I just okay. like this happens at one point. It's like why this was able to joke at one point, and it's like, and now we're going to keep coming back to this because it's a funny moment. That's like uh, okay. okay. <laughs> Moving on, yeah. Wow. Okay. It's a it's an interesting movie. Okay. Um. Other than that, uh, I didn't see Ratatouille, even though that's on my mind. Uh, <laughs> of course. Or saw Onward. Uh, and I didn't. I haven't really had a chance to play do much of anything other than I started playing a game in my own free time since I opened up my Mondays to not stream. I started playing a game called Tales of Arise. Or Tales of Arise. I'm not really sure. Oh, okay. Because Tales of Arise makes no grammatical sense. Mm. But that's how it's spelled, is A-R-I-S-E. I got you. So I'm wondering if it's some, like supposed to be Arise. But anyway, it's a fun game. I don't know. It It's a JRPG where you're trying to take back... Uh, you're in a resistance trying to defeat the empire that's taken over the world with the help of one of the people who defected from the empire. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. So speaking of video games, like most people know, be like, I'm not a gamer. Uh, definitely on this show, be like, I've uh, said over and over again, I'm not a gamer. Uh, I enjoy games. I enjoy the technical work design of the yeah. artistic work. Uh, so I noticed there was a spring cell on the PlayStation store. And so just generally curious, what look, did you buy? Okay. So what did I buy? Uh, I bought uh, the, the Nathan Drake collection. Okay. For less than 10 bucks. Nice. Sonic Mania. Good choice. Um, Laura so- Croft. Uh-huh. The new one. Need for Speed. 
one of those because I've, okay. I've always loved racing games and one i've always wanted to play um battle chasers night war okay yeah it was like less than it was like a little over 40 bucks nice for all that so i was like why not try it try something new try something different you might find this is a, 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 a suggestion okay when when uh, you bought that off of me, I said there was a game that I thought you might enjoy, but I couldn't remember the name of it. Yeah. The name of that game is Journey. Journey. Okay. Yeah. Look into that. It's a short game, but uh, it's it's a beautiful game, especially okay. animation-wise. Okay. Journey. Okay. Yeah. Remind me that later. I will text that to you because I got to text you a different thing later also. Okay. But <laughs> got it. Future plans, people. Future plans. Exactly. Can't let you know what it is. Let's just say there is something on the screen that may tell you what it is, if you've oh. got an idea, especially considering news that's come out recently. But moving on. Okay. Um, news, I think, is what we're up to. Yes, we are. Um, the The only thing I could really find... <laughs> like, did we have news in the last if, three days? In the last three days. The the only thing I could think of, and it's not even, it's not even animation-wise... And it's the only bit of news I could think of, and it's worth talking about. Right, is the the new Marvel Studios, uh, Thor, uh, Love and Thunder, yes. trailer dropped. Yes, that looks good. It does look good. It lo- it's, it's there again. They are r- literally ripping out art uh, p- comic panels from the comics and putting them on the big screen. Yeah, which I appreciate. Yeah, uh, there again, we don't know a whole lot about this film. Uh, I will say I'm looking that, forward to it. Uh, the toys look interesting. Let's yeah. say that. I will say that the uh, Jane Foster for this one, the who is that actress's name? Padme. It's Padme. That, Nat- oh, it's Padme. Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. Thank you. Natalie Portman's um, female Thor. Mm-hmm. Lady Thor. Lady Thor. Well, no, technically, Lady Thor is a different character. Mm. Is okay. she still just Thor? Uh, okay. Technically. Technically. Legally. Yeah. Legally. <laughs> Because anyway, wait, there's a there's a an actual, there is actually a, 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 a character named Lady Thor in the Marvel Universe. Oh, OK. And it's different and it's different from Thor. OK. As played by Jane Foster. Interesting. It's a different okay. character entirely. OK. I had to look this up when I was at the time because I was curious, but because hmm. there actually has been a team up between Lady Thor and the Mighty Thor as the comic line she was in was called. Yeah, that's I think the uh, the toy line they're calling her Mighty Thor. Mighty Thor might be the closest of a distinction, but officially she was always just called Thor because mm. at the time Thor as might have been played by by Chris Hemsworth, the, the regular comics Thor, mm. he was going by the name Stormbreaker. Oh, okay. Because he had uh, believed himself to be unworthy of the of the uh, of Mjolnir, and, oh. and he dropped it after Odin whispered something in his ear, and he dropped Mjolnir on the moon, and never went back to get it. And somehow, Jane Foster got it. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I remember liking it, liking liking that comic because I read it for curiosity's sake. Yeah, uh, what I read was interesting. But the thing is, uh, Jane Foster, played by Natalie Portman, mm-hmm. in the Thor costume, at least the one shot we got. Oh, yeah. I am not sold on the look yet. Oh, yeah. It's only a second. Like, it's only a second. Like, and and it's, not even, it's not even really a good angle. No, it's not. But part of, I can tell you part of my issue with it. 
Yeah. You can see her eyes. Hmm. Because in the uh, comic, she had whited out eyes. Yeah, well, that's comics. <laughs> yeah, but it fit the character better. It helped hide who the person was because it was a mystery for so stinking long. Yeah. Because for most of that, we never saw her unthored, if that makes any sense. Because mm. it was a mystery. Who is Thor? As a f- Who is this female Thor going around? And they would ne- wouldn't say it until, like, I think, a year later. Mm. <laughs> and they finally said, oh, yeah, it's Jane Foster. It's like, oh, I could have called that. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Otherwise, you're just pulling some rando, and that wouldn't be as interesting a story. True. But anyway. Anyways, the trailer looks good. I wonder what you guys think of it. You know, comment down below uh, what you thought of the... Interesting uh, that we might see uh, Hercules and Zeus. We're going to see Zeus mm-hmm. and a lot of the other Greek gods, which means maybe Amazons? Maybe, maybe. we'll see Power Princess? Who's Power Princess? Power Princess. Okay, so in the Marvel Universe, Mm -hmm. and DC does the same thing, they have... The Roman gods. They have their own... They they, they actually have knockoffs of each other's main stable of characters. Yeah. And they both have them, so no one fights each other over it. Mm. And the Marvel ripoff of Wonder Woman is Power Princess. Seriously. Seriously. Oh, wow. <laughs> and if they put that in there, I will be a happy man. <laughs> either or either or. So what if, if what Josh you... says he thought thinks the trailer looked cool. Cool. All right. So there again, if you if you watch the trailer, please let us know on the social media. Uh, watch it and let us know. Uh, so, yeah, that's the only bit of news I can really think of that's gone out in the last, you know, quote unquote, three days far as i know also mm-hmm. but anyway yep shall we get into the spoiler free section of our let's, review of onward let's do that so this was my second viewing mm-hmm. the first viewing of course being our reactions episode yes go check that one out which uh we recorded the week before lockdown thanks covid this is a weird week that was a weird week because Bear in mind, we're sitting in there. We don't know. We, 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 we bought the tickets. We didn't know if they had just forgotten to turn the ticket thing off or not online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I mean, we still were able to get in there and watch the movie. It played. So, yay. Mm-hmm. But I remember sitting there going, I was, I was surprised we were getting to watch it. We were the only ones in the theater. Mm-hmm. I was still tentatively planning in three weeks going on a cruise. Right. Which ended up getting canceled for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Right. But uh, it was just, that was just a weird month, and this was like the breath of fresh air I needed in the middle of mm. all that. Um, and I think you can hear that in my voice on that episode, yeah, <laughs> the reactions. Uh, but I still do love this movie. It's probably my favorite of modern Pixar movie. Okay, and by modern, I am. That's not really a good way to say it. it's. It's. To me, this is the last good Pixar movie we got. Bear in mind, I have not seen Turning Red yet. Yeah. But uh, our other choices were Luca. That's uh, kind of since it had been Luca and Soul. Mm. We know my thoughts on Soul, how mm. I do not like that movie. Yeah. And Luca was kind of a meh experience for me. It was good, but it right. was like, and I can understand why you didn't put this in theaters as much as I want Pixar movies in theaters. Right. Thank you, Turning Red, but whatever. 
Yeah. Lightyear better be there. But um, I I really did enjoy this because this kind of, I'll get into more of this when we get into my get into likes. Mm-hmm. But this the concept for the setting is kind of a thing I'd been wishing I could see someone do where it was a fantasy world that was not our world, mm-hmm. but had modern conveniences mm. and modern the te- technology level had risen to you know, our technology level. And now in my version, magic hadn't disappeared, but I understand why magic disappeared in this universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I appreciate, I, I liked what I liked the way it was handled there. And I'll get, I'll get more into that here in a minute, but the story I thought was good. It was a great story of, uh, of brotherly love and, mm-hmm. uh, realizing, yeah, you may not have met your biological, father but mm. you actually did have a father and your older brother mm-hmm. kind of a story yeah. it's not really spoiling anything because you can kind of tell that's oh, kind of what it is going into it yeah um and i thought the, the way they handled you know all the fan- fantasy elements throughout the mm-hmm. movie was good story was fun uh chris you got chris pratt and uh tom holland, holland. they are they have very good chemistry mm-hmm. going off one another and plus uh i can't remember who played the manticore right off the top of my head it's on my notes here i'll look it up in a minute but she is like the manticore is like one of the most fun characters in this whole thing because she she first says oh yeah well this is well, we're gonna do this and oh crap i just screwed everything up <laughs> <laughs> pretty much but uh yeah i enjoyed the movie it's a fun one i'm gonna highly suggest go watch it if you have any interest in either fantasy or early animated movies this is one of the this is one of the good pixar movies yeah i say that like they're really bad pixar movies because even as much as i don't like soul it's still kind of in the upper half of movies i've watched so it can't be bad uh but yeah, it's a fun movie. I enjoyed it. Go watch it. Mm. What are your thoughts? My thoughts, I be like, there again, I think this is my third time watching, third, fourth time watching it. Uh, it's really well done. Very well executed film. Uh, there again, watching for the reaction. Uh, just as the COVID starting to, you know, shut everything down. And so I just have just wonderful time watching this film. Like every time I watch it, I just get goosebumps, you know, being an older brother of two younger brothers. And, uh, like sometimes be like, be like, sometimes I really wish I was kind of like Barley in a way, not, not the goofy eccentric, but just the, yeah. like the, like the, the atypical big brother. Um, but I think my brothers would disagree with me on that there again. I'm very hypocritical of myself. And, um, so other than that, be like, I thoroughly enjoy it. I, I, I always get like very emotional watching this because there again, being an older brother mm-hmm. and, uh, the, the idea of sacrificing things for each other and, uh, not getting along in some cases. And then you kind of come back together because you know, that's because you're your brothers. And, um, that's, it's, it's always, this movie has always touched me in so many great ways. And it's still just, it's a classic, it's a classic modern Pixar movie to me. I agree. Which that brings us to the trailer, the trailer for the uh, bumpers for, for this week. So join us on the other side and we will get to spoiling this thing. Don't forget 
that you can download. Download? Don't forget that you can't. Don't forget that you can listen to us record the podcast live every Tuesday over on our Facebook page, The Cellcast, our uh, Twitch channel, The Cellcast Gaming, and on YouTube at Cellcast. Also, don't forget to join our Patreon if you would like to support us monetarily. At $1, you'll get our everlasting thanks. At, at our $5 tier, you can get some artwork from Jacob. And at our $10 tier, you can get bloopers for every for, for every episode we've released that I've remembered to release them for. And you can get commentaries from different movies. So come check us out over there if you would like to support us financially. This podcast is part of the Culture Box Media Network. For more great content like this, please check out the link in the description. There you can find other great shows such as The Untold Podcast, which is a speculative fiction podcast utilizing the genres of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror, among others, in order to engage the culture's imagination from a Christian worldview. Every month, Nathan James Norman produces and narrates a new story presented in a unique and dynamic way. You can check out their podcast at untoldpodcast.com. Also, and I just realized that the... Uh Next thing it was about the thing I was about to say is not actually existing anymore because franchise fatigue passed. But uh, mm. uh, I guess go check out. I, I, I think it's called the Pop Americana YouTube channel. Go check yeah. that out. It's they uh, they've been doing some in depth reviews on Lord of the Rings recently. So yeah, go check that out. Yeah. The following is a spoiler filled review for the movie Onward. Listener discretion is advised. Onward was written and directed by Dan Scanlon, Keith Bunyan, and Jason Headley. I said that, but I think only Dan Scanlon directed it. I think uh, Keith Bunyan and Jason Headley only wrote it. Mm. But anyway, I didn't put down what else they did for some reason. Mm. Getting into the cast. Tom Holland is the voice of Ian Lightfoot. And uh, in Uncharted, he, of course, played Nathan Drake. Mm -hmm. And a certain wall crawler and some Webhead. other some other minor series you've never heard yeah, of. Yeah, it's not nothing really big, something like I don't know, Avengers. Man, maybe. Uh Chris Pratt. It's a, it's a B movie. Let's oh, yeah. just say that. It's... Well, there is a wasp. Anyway. <laughs> and he is a bug. <laughs> Chris Pratt was the voice of Barley Lightfoot. And he was the voice of Emmett Brakowski in the Lego movies franchise. Right. And a certain Lord of the Stars in that same weird independent yeah, thing that Tom something Holland was Guardian in. Guardian something. Yeah, well, something they, like that. It, it's, it's all up. weird. I ain't never heard of it. Julia Louise Dreyfus was their, played their mom, Laurel Lightfoot. That's right. And she was Elaine Benet in Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. Octavia Spencer was the voice of the Manticore. That is Manticore is the last name, first name, the. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a good joke. That is a good. Joke. Uh, and she was in the in the movie Hidden Figures. She played Dorothy Vaughn. Mel Rodriguez was the voice of Colt Bronco. Sorry, Officer Colt oh, Bronco. Oh, thank you. And he plays a lot of police officers in his IMDb. One of them was Officer Martinez in the movie Little Miss Sunshine. Okay. Kyle Bornheimer was the voice of Walden Lightfoot, their dad, in, what, three seconds of the film? Yeah. Um, and he played the character of Dylan in She's Out of My League, which I had no idea what that was, but he didn't have a lot to choose from. Mm. Lena Waithe 
was the voice of Officer Spectre. And in Ready Player One, she was H. Hmm. Ali Wong was Officer Gore. And in Ralph Breaks the Internet, she played Felony. I believe one of the characters from uh, Slaughter Race. Yeah, okay. Gray Griffin was the voice of Dewdrop, one of the uh, oh, Hell's Pixies. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was Catwoman in the Batman Arkham games. Wow. <laughs> Tracy Ullman was the was Grecklin, the uh, pawn shop owner. Oh, okay. She played Jack's mother in Into the Woods. Wilmer Valderrama was the voice of Gaxton. And he was Augustine in Encanto. Hmm. George Pissaris was Officer Avil and Additional Voices. And he was a consultant in Freeland which I don't know what that is. Hmm. And last but not least, because it is a Pixar movie, John Ratzenberger was a construction worker and played a character named uh, construction worker Fenwick. Mm-hmm. And of course he was Cliff Clavin in cheers. And of course he is the lucky rabbit's foot of the Pixar universe Indeed. as he is in every movie. Speaking of which, he is the first of our Kingdom Hearts connections. Oh, really? As long as playing uh, construction officer Fenwick, he also voiced ham. In Kingdom Hearts 3. Huh. Reprisal of that role. And uh, Kari Walgreen, who was additional voices here in Onward, also is the voice of The Grid in Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance in archived audio form. Really? Yes. Interesting. And that is what I've got for cast and connections. What do we got in info and stuff? All right. So info and stuff. Uh, on IMDb, as a 7.4 out of 10. Uh, if you are subscribed to Disney Plus, you can go watch it there. Mm-hmm. Or you can basically rent it most places now. Yeah, it's still rentable. Yeah, it's still rentable. Uh, production was by Walt Disney Pictures, uh, Pixar Animated Studios, Pixar Animation Studios, distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures. Yay, I got it right! <laughs> Uh, release date was originally in uh, February 21st, uh, 2020 in Belgium, I believe, Belgium. Uh, in That's where Poirot is from. Uh, interesting. Hercule Poirot. Oh, he is from Belgium. Yes. That's right. Anyway. That's what I hear. All right, so... I'm glad you used your little gray cells to remember that. That's what he calls thinking in the in that franchise. Oh, okay. I was now. I just realized the way I, the way you were looking at you thought I slided you, and I did exactly. I was like, "What in the <laughs> like?" Ow! No, to that, the heart. <laughs> and, and I'm to blame because I didn't realize. I forgot you hadn't read the book, so you didn't know about him talking about using his little gray cells. Uh huh. <laughs> well, now you know. Moving on. Moving on. So uh, it was released in the United States on March 6, 2020. Uh, that's there again. That's before the, the global pandemic nearly shut, just shut everything down. Thanks, COVID. <sighs> Either or. Um, so box office had a budget of $175 million, estimated wise. Uh, its U.S. opening for U.S. and Canada was... Yeah. 
error was $39.1 million on March 8th. There again, the pandemic was starting to spread everywhere. Yes. And people were scared to do anything. So it's U.S. and Canada gross was 61. Mm. Am I reading that right? Yes. Uh, $61.5 million. And it's world gross was $141.9 million. It's like, poor Onward. <laughs> it came out at a bad time. The worst time ever to release a film. But they had no way of knowing that. No one did. If Unless had, you would have believed the conspiracies. If it would have released two weeks later, it'd be an entirely different story. Because yeah. you wouldn't have had any of the numbers from the box office weighing it down. You would just have, look at how much money it made straight to video on Amazon Prime. Oh, yeah. Like so many other things. It would have been, it would have done what Trolls 2 did. Yeah, exactly. But say la vie. Say la vie. All right. So, uh, speaking of uh, going into home release, Onward was released, uh, released digitally on the night of March 20th, 2020, and because became available on Disney Plus subscription on April 3rd. April 3rd, due to the global pandemic known as COVID-19. Thanks, COVID. Hey. Uh, the digital date was just two weeks away after the film's theatrical debut. And before the end of its usual 90-day the- theatrical release, the announcement following Disney's early, early Disney's earlier than planned release of Frozen 2 on Disney Plus, as well as Star Wars the rise of Skywalker on eight on digital HD in light of the COVID-19 pandemic there again. Thank you. COVID over its first two weeks on home release. The film was the sixth most watched film on Amazon prime. Second most on iTunes, uh, iTunes, uh, the iTunes show, iTunes show, iTunes store. The film was later released by Walt Disney Studios Home Entertainment on DVD, Blu-ray, and Ultra HD Blu-ray on May 19th, 2020. So, yeah, it did very well when it went to digital. Yeah, because most people didn't want to get out, but they could easily see it on digital. Yeah, most like for for the majority of everyone was stuck at the house and like... These two guys, we just we went to the, the theater and watched it. We and there again, we had to work. <laughs> yeah, I never got to stay home. Yeah, so. what was that like, people? <laughs> I, I really want to know. <laughs> anyway, anyways, <laughs> and I never got COVID <laughs> that you know of. <laughs> Not that I know of. To <laughs> be honest, we neither one of us know if we actually got COVID. That is true. Nobody Either. really does. Yeah, and I, some I'm, people know for certain they had COVID, admittedly, but and, anyone who doesn't think they got COVID, there's still a chance. Yeah. And there again, I'm not putting any lights to putting funny thing about COVID. I had family members who died from COVID. Yeah. I know people that died from COVID. So yeah, COVID was real. I agree with this, but let's not talk. We've already, COVID's already intruded too much into the show's history. Let's move on. Yeah. Let's, uh, yes. Uh, sequels. There is no immediate information about a possible sequel and I don't know where they would go with it. Because honestly, the, I don't the sto- either. The story wrapped up very well, and so. But I said the same thing at the end of Toy Story Three. That is, and true. we have a Toy Story Four. 
True. So what do I know? True. <laughs> Toys never die. They do if their battery runs out. What if they don't have a battery? They're in their immortal creatures. Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that is all I have for info and stuff. All right. Getting into the summary. In a world inhabited by mythic creatures, magic was commonplace millennia ago, though difficult to master. After technological advances over the centuries, magic became obsolete and was largely discarded. In the modern day, Ian Lightfoot is a teenaged elf struggling with self-confidence. His older brother, Barley, is an enthusiastic and impulsive role-playing gamer. On Ian's 16th birthday, the boy's mother, Laurel, gives her sons a gift from their father, Walden, who died shortly before Ian was born. A magical staff, a rare phoenix gem, and a letter describing a visitation spell that can resurrect Walden for a single day. Ian succeeds in casting the spell, but interrupted by Barley, is unable to finish it. As a result, only the lower half of Walden's body is reformed before the gem disintegrates. The brothers embark on a quest to acquire another gem and complete the spell before sunset, taking Barley's beloved van, Guinevere. Finding the boys gone, Laurel leaves to look for them. Hoping to find a map to another gem, Ian and Barley visit the Manticore's Tavern, once a gathering place for would-be adventurers, now a family-friendly restaurant, managed by the Manticore, known as Cory. While arguing with Ian over the map, Cory realizes how unfulfilling her life has become and loses her temper, accidentally setting fire to the restaurant and the map. The brothers' only clue to the gem is a children's menu suggesting Raven's Point, a nearby mountain. Laurel later arrives at the scene and befriends Cory, who warns Laurel that the gem is guarded by a curse and can only be defeated by an enchanted sword. After stealing the sword from a pawn shop, they set out in pursuit of Ian and Barley. Traveling to the mountains... Barley proposes following what he calls the Path of Peril, but Ian insists on taking the freeway. As they travel, Ian begins mastering magic spells that Barley remembers from his role-playing game. They narrowly escape a motorcycle gang of pixies at a gas station and have a tense encounter with the police, which the boys disguise themselves as their mother's boyfriend, Colt Bronco, during which Ian inadvertently reveals that he considers Barley to be a screw-up. To apologize, Ian agrees to follow the path of peril, and Ian's self-confidence is boosted when he successfully uses a spell that allows him to walk across a bottomless pit, where, unbeknownst to him, he was walking without the rope that Barley tied him to over the second half of the pit. Bronco catches up to the boys and forces them to come home. Ian agrees, but as he starts the van, he drives away, leading to a wild police chase. When they are, pers- when they are pursued by the police, Barley sacrifices Guinevere, to cause a landslide blocking their pursuers. Raven's Point turns out to be a series of raven statues leading them into a cave. As they explore the cave, Barley confesses that he was too afraid to say goodbye to Wilden when he was dying. The brothers evade a series of traps, including a gelatinous cube that dissolves anything it touches. Emerging from the cave, they find themselves back in front of Ian's high school. Ian lashes out at Barley for leading them on a wild goose chase and walks away with Walden's legs to spend whatever time he has left with his father. Rereading his list of things he wished to do with Walden, Ian realizes that Barley has been a father figure for him throughout his life and returns to make amends. Barley, refusing to give up, discovers the needed gem inside a fountain across the street from the school and retrieves it, unwittingly triggering the curse Corey spoke of, a stone dragon, built of pieces of the school arriving bent on claiming the gem. Cory and Laurel arrive and distract the dragon long enough for Ian to finish casting the visitation spell 
but they aren't able to defeat the dragon on their own. Ian runs off to fight it, allowing Barley to wish Wilden a final goodbye. He uses the magic skills he has learned to defeat the dragon by propelling Cory's sword into its heart. Trapped behind a pile of rubble, Ian sees Wilden's body briefly reappearing to talk to Barley. After Wilden dissipates, Barley tells Ian that their father is proud of him and the brothers share a hug. Sometime later, as the world begins to rediscover the past's magical arts, the brothers set off on a new quest. Getting into the trivia for this. In an email to Inverse, Wizards of the Coast confirmed it collaborated with Disney and Pixar over the use of D&D characters and story elements in Onward. The D&D team was super excited to meet with the writers and producers of Pixar's Onward, Wizards of the Coast told Inverse. There was a lot of back and forth in the room discussing how best to portray D&D monsters like the Beholder and the Gelatinous Cube. We love that Onward is bringing fantasy to a whole new audience, and it's a testament to how D&D storytelling is part of the mainstream culture now. The uh, Gelatinous Cube was actually originally imagined by the creator of Dungeons & Dragons, Gary Gygax, himself, in the very first editions of Dungeons & Dragons in 1974. The Gelatinous Cube is a staple foe that players encountering early on in their adventures. It has an entry-level challenge rating of 2 in the current version of D&D, and that's apparently very low. Mm. The cube moves slowly, but can be very dangerous once it gets close, as it absorbs victims and slowly digests them while they float helplessly inside. The Burger Shire, a fast food restaurant, has a sign reading, now serving second breakfast. In the Lord of the Rings books and movies, second breakfast is a meal enjoyed by the hobbits. Yeah. Along with uh, ele- uh, brunch, elevensies, afternoon tea, <laughs> and many other meals. You sound like a teenager. Yes. Oh, speaking of teenagers, uh, Pixar's iconic pizza planet truck it does appear in the Troll Bridge toll scene. Really? Yes. Which brings oh, me to it the does. That's right. I do remember. Which brings that. me to the end of trivia. So, Jacob, what is your first like? Uh, my first like is just an incredible story. It's an incredible story where it's the the chance of a lifetime to meet a a long um, rested a long um, a long deceased relative that two brothers have the, the older brother knew the younger brother didn't, and it's just an amazing journey in two people that for the most part get along but they're again they're brothers they just fight the entire time that's mm-hmm. what brothers do and uh it's just this amazing story amazing journey that i absolutely just love to death it's so well done uh, like you have your typical perils of journey it's the the typical uh fantasy adventure story done in a in a pixar twist with a mo- with a modern set with a modern sense of what a fantasy world a modern fantasy world would be like mm-hmm. and it's done so well it's done so well be like you you use you don't see like a normal human being you see like you know unicorns you see uh well there are no there are no humans in the movie no there's all, none all the characters most of the characters that you know are we elves. consider elves are yeah. humans are elves and in reality they're not your typical elves in no. fact they look more like cute trolls if we're being honest agreed they do <sighs> but the the general perils of what they do and the 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 growth these two characters have to go through and the trust they have to bond, the bonding to each other in order to fulfill this quest in order just to, just to 
spend time with their dad, which they, um, uh, never, never had. So, and there's just a lot of heart in this movie. I really, really enjoy. So yeah, my number one is just an incredible story and it's just a good movie. Mm-hmm. What's your number one? Well, since you mentioned Ian and Barley's relationship, that is actually one of my likes oh, okay. for this. Um, their relationship, uh, you, you can tell that they do love each other, even if yeah. they get on each other's nerves. Oh yeah. Regularly. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, the, the relationship is just so cohesive. It's not something I know personally because mm-hmm. I am an only child. Right. But you totally believe that not only are they a brothers, but that Barley has acted as a father figure for Ian mm-hmm. uh, over time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoy their relationship. You really can feel the closest there. That's mm-hmm. closer than, you know, anything can separate. Right. But uh, even though they do get angry at each other and we do unfortunately because of Ian's indecisiveness and his inability to actually cast the spell he needed to cast the scene there where Barley just doesn't say anything, but sets up Guinevere's sacrifice mm-hmm. is actually a very touching scene because I agree that van was his baby. Mm-hmm. Something he'd worked on for years. Yeah. And he Glad, he, he didn't want to sacrifice it, of course, but it was the only way they were going to be able to continue that quest. That mm-hmm. was incredibly important to both of them, and uh, even though the police were running, were running out, trying to catch them. And it's not only that, the one piece of Guinevere he kept, mm-hmm. you know, the turn signal mm-hmm. light that uh, fell out before, you know, it hit the cliff, mm-hmm. he ended up using that too near the end of the film to mm. distract the stone dragon. So it would not realize that he still had the Phoenix gem. Yeah. So he sacrificed. That was clever. Yeah. He, not, he only sacrificed Guinevere. He sacrificed the one piece of Guinevere he had left. Oh yeah. All to save his brother, to help his brother. Indeed. And that, if that's not uh, a show of love, I don't know what is. Yeah. So yeah, that, their relationship is definitely up there. Yeah, as, it, as one of my likes. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, part of scripture where it's like uh, the the greatest things to do is to uh, lay lay down uh, lay down your life for a friend, or in that case, your brother. Yeah, and I uh, think it's uh, what greater love hath yeah. hath uh, have hath man known but to lay down mm-hmm. one's life for his brother, or something to that effect. Yeah, it, Jesus said it, so yeah, it's Jesus. definitely true. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. And definitely what Jesus would go on to do on the cross. Right. Um, so going in that same theme, I'm going to skip ahead and do my third one because you mentioned uh, something I absolutely love about this film is the, the brotherly love these two brothers have. Uh, there again, I'm the oldest of three and I have two younger brothers. And no, this completely, I, I completely understand this of uh, having brothers. You have this unique bond with each other. And yeah, you get on each other's nerves beyond belief. Uh, sometimes you want to duke it out, and then the next they'd be like, "Dude, I just want to hang out and hug, and just you know, you know, catch up." Just like because they're again be like me and my brothers be like I'm nearly forty, and they're you know a little younger than I am, and uh, it's always great to get, catch up with them if it's just spending all night talking. Mm-hmm. But um, it's this this unique uh, bond. It's just the bond these two brothers have, and uh, Barley being the surrogate surrogate father to ian 
is just so touching because you see where uh, Ian or Barley is trying his best. He's he's this goofy, nerdy guy who is so into, you know, D&D and role playing and the whole bit. Well, I think technically it's not D&D. It's, it's not uh, D&D, but it's it's Yonder Quest or something like that. Yeah. Yonder Quest or something like that. I don't remember the exact name of it. But in general, D and D, it's essentially D and D. Essentially, except D&D. I think it's not D and D from what little D and D I've played because yeah. we didn't have cards. Yeah, but, I mean there are maybe versions. It's, it looks like a combination of D and D and uh, Magic: The Gathering is yeah. what it looks like. Yeah, but just like overall, this 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 story of two brothers who, um, that barley is just trying his best he's being himself he's being who like who he's supposed to be he's supposed to be the nerdy adventurous guy and um ian's just he's still trying to figure out who he is he's he's uh like nervous about the world and he doesn't know what he's supposed to do and uh i think he finds encouragement through his brother just just to be more of himself and he he sees the courage his brother has and what he's willing to do in order to uh, make this happen for mm-hmm. them or primarily his little brother. And uh, the, the fact that like, you're willing to give up something like his car. Yeah. He's, he's willing to give up his, his, his prior possession in order that his brother may have time with his, his, uh, his deceased father. And I, I find that so incredibly touching. And every time I watch it be like, I get teared up every time. And I just thought like, sometimes it's more like, I just want to call my brother and it's like, Hey, what's going on? That, that 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 kind of thing where you just want to get in touch with somebody because it it just hits you right in the chest, mm-hmm. and uh, I just I find that so incredibly moving and touching, and so yeah, uh, my third now I'll get moved to my second uh, is definitely the the brotherly love that these two these two brothers have, and it's just very powerful and very realistic, mm-hmm. very realistic. It's not this what Hollywood junk where they're just fighting the entire time right this is like legit how brothers are our siblings are and uh yeah that's that's my second my second was originally my first but i moved things around because it felt better Uh um my second is the setting for this Mm -hmm. there is a there is a part of me that is like don't get me wrong i love fantasy stuff Mm mm-hmm uh, I watch enough of it amongst different things, but right. uh, you know they're all set kind of in this medieval time period, right? General general setting. So the idea of let's take the same kind of medieval fantasy world and bring it into the 21st century with everything that brings to it, mm-hmm. without it being on Earth and having that kind of issues, mm-hmm. uh, I, it's something I wish more people did. Yeah, agreed. Um, Cause it was an idea I had probably about five years prior to this movie. And I was trying to think of something I could, that, you know, could be done with that. I never did anything with it, obviously, mm-hmm. but I remember seeing the trailer for this and going, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you get this, you see things such as uh, um, the unicorns being like pigeons Oh yeah, no, not, yeah, not, well, they're like ravenous dogs. They're, yeah, it's like raccoons. That's what they are. They yeah. are raccoons. Yeah, maybe inside of a toque. Anyway, 
uh you you see, you see that you see the mermaid sitting in the little waiting pool uh-huh uh the police officer uh colt i can't want to say colt ford that is not his name no <laughs> colt something ford colt no it's not Ford. colt though. bronco Cord- 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 it was a, it was a ford truck a you, ford we were clo- we were both there we were so close colt bronco, bronco. uh he, him being a centaur as like he can t- he, sh- he can run 70 miles an hour but why would he do that he's got a car well it, at least he doesn't befriend oj <laughs> we won't go there uh so yeah, they're they're it, it's really weird to watch this movie and you're going, okay, yeah, I follow what you're doing there with the motorcycles and the Hell's Angels, except they're pixies. <laughs> that was so great. Who've forgotten how to fly? Exactly. <laughs> because they've not used their wings in years until suddenly, oh look, they can fly now. That's even more terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> uh um, hey, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Scary. Uh, and then he, everything you know uh just you've got the idea it's like oh yeah we could go on this epic quest and go, take this path of peril and it's like <laughs> but the freeway goes right by there we'd be there in like an hour exactly like, no the the freeway is the easy way it's nuts got uh perils and it, 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 it's not the right way we, we would be i've done this before it's like no you've not you've played you played the board you game. Play, you played play the card game. You played a tabletop game. Yeah. You've not actually gone on a physical quest until right now. Believe me, I've met because, people like that. Because if you did know that, you might. First off, kudos for actually knowing where the tavern is. Yeah. The Manticore's Tavern is because I don't think it's on, it's on Google, but you didn't. Or what, what would be the equivalent here? Uh, I don't know what the equivalent of of uh, google maps would be because i'm sure they said it i don't remember because they did yeah. use a gps at one point yeah, they did but i mean um they get there and it's essentially chuck e cheese yeah no no it's not chuck e cheese no, it's, it it's is more like uh uh dave and busters no i mean the, the way it looks like it looks like a strange combination of chuck e cheese and hardy's agree the, yeah. shoney's shoney's is really what i'm thinking yeah. of it's like it's like wow this you really did go corporate on this <laughs> uh and you've got investors it's like yeah Corey, mm. kudos for you know trying to come up with good placement material and just using the maps you would have given everybody so that means anyone could have figured out where that phoenix gem was mm. i mean was audrey who figured out where what the clue was to go to raven's point <laughs> Was that her name? And then, uh, of course, the uh, it all ends right outside the school, which I've got issues with. But the fact that it's like, oh, yeah, that fountain we barely talked about for five minutes, that's where it is. And, of course, the Manticore knows how to get there because you never you don't see them going the same route. At, right. Uh, the other two did. No, it's just like, okay, we need to go to the pawn shop so I can get my sword. Correction. So he can steal my sword because mm-hmm. I'm because you would only had to pay ten dollars, but because I wouldn't keep my ma- big fat mouth shut. Now they want she wants ten thousand for it. Uh huh. <laughs> um, and then they just drive straight to the school. It's like they could have, and yet still somehow they they don't make it back before our characters do. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know how that works. Traffic must have been bad uh, that morning, I'm guessing. But anyway, um, the fact that you've got both of these things back and forth, at some point you're just looking at it and you go, yeah, I totally understand this world. This is exactly what I go through every day. Somehow you you feel what all these characters are feeling, dealing with traffic and merging onto the interstate when they won't let you in. Yeah. And then the next one is like, yeah, there's a crow. There's there, there, there's these statues of ravens, and uh, you got to follow them. Is Owen is Odin by? Odin by? Is Odin by like Odin the character? Yeah, but I'm trying to figure out the by. Is Odin nearby? Oh, nearby. I missed yeah. the near part. Yeah, I just heard is Odin by. It's like means <laughs> this a phrase i've not been told no uh but the, the fact that you've you, you you switch back and forth between these and it's like nothing and it makes sense it does and i really appreciate that so yeah the setting of the modern fantasy world mm-hmm. without it being an urban fantasy which there's a difference mm-hmm. i mean harry potter is technically an urban fantasy true this is not harry potter um even though it's like the least amount urban fantasy, urban fantasy, but beside the point. Um, yeah, I just love, I love the setting and how it affected the world and how it affected how they thought of things. And the fact that your D and D knockoff game is so well based on historical information that it actually has the right spells in it uh-huh. and how they casted the spells. And yet apparently nobody, admittedly i don't know where you get the magic staffs that allow you to do this but anyway i've rambled a little what is your last like (laughs) so you you tapped on my third my third like Mm -hmm. a, a minute ago and so i'm gonna go into it my favorite scene in this entire movie <sighs> feeling we have just, the same last like now <laughs> the tabard scene yes <laughs> the tabard scene oh my gosh the, the the fact that like um oh wow hold on the manticore no 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 be like I'm, for some reason i'm forgetting names audrey Barley. Barley. barley 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 thank you like barley. a bar- like a barley corn yeah barley yeah barley is so convinced we like oh yeah we need to go to this the tavern this is where all adventures start and just the, like you said it'd be like they literally walk in you get this dramatic music this like this be like they're going into a big battle or something like that and yes it's and it's, it's, it's a chuck e cheese <laughs> i was like what in the world <laughs> exactly exactly so your quest oh, will your your quest at karaoke singing will begin as just as soon as we can get it fixed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's just like when uh barley it's is it barley who runs uh core? They kind of both they both confront, confront her. her. Yeah, about it. And then she kind of comes to this realization, oh my gosh, boy, Wait, meaningless. You, what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> and she literally destroys the entire thing. Like and the, well, I mean, she, they, she was being brought to the boiling point in that conversation uh-huh. anyway, doing with customer service. Uh, we no. here at the Cellcast have both worked in customer service, and we completely relate. <laughs> exactly, we yeah, have yeah. wanted to burn the building down <laughs> in a fit of rage, <laughs> but never did because we're not that kind of people. Yeah, and nor are we manticores. <laughs> There's that too. <laughs> 
so yeah, just th that entire scene is just hilarious. It's like you walk in, it's like I didn't expect this, and it's just like it, it throws your expectations completely off. And mm -hmm. then you meet the Manticore. Well, you, they you first bring up the Manticore, and it's some guy in a costume. Yeah, as like yeah, that this is about what I'm figuring. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, you mean Corey? She's right over there. Yeah. And she comes out. It's like I've got tater tots that need to go to mouth. Table three, someone come get him. <laughs> oh yeah, and what, like, something to that effect. Yeah, the, the 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 scene that got me the most was Corey when she she's she's blown her top. Yes, and she she goes full manticore. She rips the costume head off and and, and blow, fires and it up. Breathes fire on it. The other guy just runs off. Oh, it was so good. It was like, oh my gosh. And then the and, and then yes. when they, and, and then the best part of that entire thing with that costume uh -huh. is uh they at the end when Laurel is trying to get the Manticore out of, you know, police oh yeah, custody custody. They say, "Yeah, we're just going to go over here and I'm going to, you know, wrap this up because apparently Manticores go a little crazy when their blood is exposed to air." That's a little scratch, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> The cop bought it. That's the main thing. This and they walk it. around to the front of this car. And the cop turns away, happens to look back, says, "Okay, yeah, that's enough." And he goes, and it's and, and they can, he walks back over, and it's the melted head <laughs> of the Manticore costume, and it scares him half to death. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, they of course gotten in Laurel's car and are booking it, booking it away from there, probably heading towards the pawn stop, pawn shop. shop. Yeah. So yeah, that is that is my favorite scene of all. Be like, yes, there's that, so many great scenes. That but is the, the greatest scene in the whole yes, movie. The the tavern scene of oh my gosh, epic music. Dun dun dun. Welcome <laughs> to Junkie Cheese. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then the Manticore's meltdown, becoming the raging yes. Manticore warrior. And, and everything every customer service person ever, ever wanted, wanted to do. do. And we never got to do this bar. This tavern is closed for renovations. Get out. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, that is my third line. I'm not against customers. It's just some of them are very stupid. <laughs> Don't get me started. Anyway, because that technically covered my like also. Excellent. <laughs> Jacob, what is your first dislike? I don't know. What is your first? Oh, you want me to go first? Yes. Go okay. Ahead. My first dislike is, and I actually had a hard time getting it. I don't like that the quest ends back at the high school. Really? It felt like it was a, well, that was a big loop for nothing. <laughs> I mean, it's like you go all the way out, you go, as you're heading out to the mountain, in some ways, I'm still expecting the Phoenix Gem to be deep mm -hmm. in the powels of some cavern of this dungeon that's got a skeleton dragon in it that they'll somehow have to fight off. And <laughs> they do technically fight a dragon. They do. It's a stone dragon with the face of the school's mascot that is hilarious. as its face, which is funny. Yes. Don't get me wrong. But the whole time I'm going, y'all literally could have done this in about five minutes and y'all both would have gotten to spend the whole day with your dad, but because you had to go on the roundabout quest to do it. Just don't get me wrong. I enjoy thanks, it. Yeah, thanks, it's Farley. Like, <laughs> uh, well, they didn't know. They didn't know. I agree. I agree. There's no, and, he, and Barley couldn't have gotten into that thing where the Phoenix Gym was without them going to get the piece that anyway. That is true. I'm not saying that that's a 
that the quest was not well conceived and well thought out. Right. It was just it's your just, end point. Uh, it's, it's just like, this is a disappointing location for this last battle to take place. Mm. I wish it was somewhere else that made it just like they had to go all this way to the, I don't know, it's just a part of it that wishes like, uh, if you're going to go to that much trouble, mm-hmm. it's going to take you nearly 24 hours to complete the quest. It still would be nice if you weren't right three blocks from your home at the end of it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Be like, I it's, li- a, it's a nitpick. Yeah, it I, is I a agree. nitpick. I agree. I like. I like the idea that it's like one of the big setups in the movie. Yeah, where Barley is, he is just so about reser- uh, conserving history by conserving history, and this this fountain is going to be destroyed, and he's uh, he's literally protesting. Yeah, it's demolition. And, and what's great is the first time we watched this, I had no idea that any of that was going to come back up. Oh yeah, that was they, great. They set it up. It was essentially the Scooby Doo setup. Yeah, where you introduce the, the really the answer to the mystery without pointing out that's the answer to the mystery, mm-hmm. and then you make sure you don't think about that the rest of the time until it comes back up again. Yeah, like I say, it's the Scooby Doo plot line. Agreed. That's how that's how you find that's how you know Old Man Jenkins was the actual. Uh, a guy in the mask is where I'm thinking. That. Anyway, I got you. Continue what you were saying. Yeah, I just be like how they how they set up everything in that first scene where Barley he's being an activist, he's trying to protect this mm-hmm. this uh, relic of the past. Where modern society, it's like no, it has nothing to do with you know the modern world. It needs to be demolished or put yeah. in a museum or something like that. It belongs in a museum. Yeah. Cult, so, yeah. So do you. <laughs> but uh, I think Indiana Jones. You got a Indiana Jones uh, poster, poster over there, yeah. poster, which is a great movie. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Last Crusade, also a movie about a quest. Yes, exactly. To find a legendary artifact. Yes, but anyway, yeah. Um, I just, I mean, I, I, I like the setup. I like the setup where it is. And there again, it is very much like an, a, uh, Scooby-Doo, mm-hmm. um, uh, mystery. Like, is, yeah. Mystery. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. Mystery. And, and unlike a pup named Scooby-Doo, there's not a character named red herring for them to bring up every episode as a joke. Yeah. And gets really annoying, really fast. Fred, uh, you know, it's not red herring. Look no. at his name. Oh gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, the, uh, the the thinking fred jones i'm thinking fred jones throughout the history of scooby-doo is the stupidest when he was a kid agreed <laughs> or the way they portrayed him in scoob he wasn't stupid in scoob but anyway back to the point either, of the either show or, either or um uh it's just be like i i like the setup of how they they i've, I've I'm, I'm pretty bad myself but it's the the setup of where they 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 you know barley's in determination mm-hmm. to protect this this item or protect this landmark in which everyone else is like it's just a stone whatever it's just a stone fountain that doesn't do anything yeah exactly we need, we need to build a bypass <laughs> and it turns out to be this very this key crucial point in the movie yeah and i i totally get where it's they could have done something else but yeah, I, I, I do like the way they set it up. I, I do enjoy I, the hell and I get I like this. I do like the setup and I do appreciate what it is. It's just there's a part of me that if I had my druthers, if I had been writing the story, 
I probably would have set the endpoint somewhere else. Yeah. Can't don't know where. I would even accept it going back to their house. Hmm. And that would be a little more that would also be disappointing, but it's just the idea that you go all the way out here and then come like three blocks away from home. Right. And it took you twenty four over twenty four hours to figure all this stuff out, even though it was a great journey. You still ended up three blocks from home, yeah. And you and Ian still only got to see like his father from a distance yeah. while he was trapped in rubble. And if they'd have, if things had gone differently, he got to spend more time. But yeah. anyway, I would agree. I think my my first is like would definitely that Barley be like throughout the entire thing has gotten to know his dad in a certain way. Be like he wasn't able to talk to him or something like that. Yeah, but it was kind of disappointing that I understand what uh ian sacrifice in order to for um barley could have that time with 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 the with their dad but it was just, you kind of you felt sad for uh ian that he didn't get to see, talk to his dad yeah even though like barley was kind of his substitute dad but the same way you kind of felt bad for the character so it was more like you really wish that uh ian had gotten a chance to actually talk to his dad but I understand where the story was going because it was yeah. both both brothers kind of sacrificing uh, things like Barley was it was his his uh, his van, mm-hmm. and then Ian it was sacrificing uh, his chance to actually meet his dad in order to to uh, for Barley and to protect everything because of what they've done, right. So that, that's there again. That's a that's a small nitpick. I'm gonna jump in on that because that's actually gonna be my second dislike. Is okay. I also wish Ian had gotten a chance to at least get a hug. Yeah, exactly. From his birth father. Yeah, because obviously he wants to know. He he is he does feel like throughout most of the film that he's missing his dad. Yeah, agree. Now, granted, he I'm not gonna say he takes the consolation prize of his brother, but he does realize mm-hmm. his brother has taken has done everything a father would do. So in reality, Absolutely. much. Much like Yondu in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, he had a pretty cool dad anyway, even though it wasn't the dad he was thinking of. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all! Exactly. (laughs) But at the same time, it would have been nice, you know, that go that whole movie, if at the very end, even if he could have just maybe not gotten to spend as much time as Barley did, maybe... uh, Maybe if the stuff didn't fall like right where he was, but yeah. Barley, but Ian was like far enough away that Barley got to spend just a little bit more time, and Ian was able to get up right to right before he disappeared, and was able to at least get a high sun and a hug, and mm-hmm. then you know that be that. I would like that more, and I think it would do the same thing. Yeah, and I wouldn't feel like I was cheated out of story in that instance. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like I understand what they're doing here. Mm-hmm. And it is bittersweet and bittersweet is not bad. No, it's not. It's just as a nitpick, what I would have liked of the story. And I don't know. I, I'm, Cause it's one of the things I don't know, which is more powerful in ending. And honestly, I don't mm-hmm. think anyone, even the creators would know which way is better, mm-hmm. they, but they had to make a decision and they chose the one where he, it was, he, they chose the bittersweet ending over the complete happy ending. Yeah. Both of the endings would have been fine, but yeah I, i'll i'll accept what i got yeah i just wish it was you know a slightly happier ending right because it could have been it could have been yeah i agreed um my second dislike and there again this is like in a nitpick so what because most pixar films have to do with either anthropomorphic toys 
or other anthropomorphic items or items be like humans don't really play a role in most movies except for like andy toy story but they're like you know the minor characters in the story you have um what is that brave has all human characters yeah brave is all human characters that it's the only time they did that yeah um and then you have Inside Out. You have Inside, Inside Out, Out, which is human emotion. With Riley. You've got uh, it, Riley is a major character in that, which we are going to have to put Inside Out on the list. If it's yeah, I agree. So here, here's mine because the fact would be like this: be like humans are portrayed like almost like trolls or elves in a way in this movie. They, they they call them elves. They call them elves. But I'm more curious. But like, uh, why aren't there humans? I'm curious. This is a world that grew that. You know, just didn't have humans in it. It I guess, happens. I guess not. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree with you. I mean, and, if if you're going, to, and this would be totally cheap, but if you are going to make a sequel, just have a rare human show up one day, and they've got to figure out what to do with it. Yeah. Oh, that's a that's a good idea. Hmm. Yeah. So it's just more my my general curiosity is like, okay, it's it's a world full of elves and just different magical creatures, but where are the humans? They also evolved into the mer people, apparently. Because they're kind of human esque from the top up. That is true. Darn you, evolution. <laughs> anyway, not that we believe in evolution. Yeah, that is true. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's my my second dislike. My third dislike. At the end of the movie, they show how everything Barley has been saying this whole time is kind of true. The pixies are able to fly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, Ian's able to do magic and he's able to show this off at school Mm -hmm. and everything. And the other thing they show is Colt Bronco, not taking his car to work, but going for a run. Oh yeah. Now here's my thing. Colt Bronco is what? 40s maybe 50s maybe you're old maybe he's, he's an older gentleman yeah he's probably he's a sergeant for, i think for the yeah. police department mm-hmm. yeah he probably could go 70 miles an hour but maybe not maybe he's not had that much time to it maybe he's going at 50 miles an hour right now who knows but at the same time he is he did speak a bit of truth at the beginning of this movie he's got a car why does he need to run Granted, being in top shape, mm-hmm. it could help you in the middle of a very high tense situation where you yeah. got to chase down uh, an elf that's been that's stealing from the local uh, burger shire. Yeah, that can help. But at the same time, you're going on patrol. Yeah, or you're, you he is going to take care of an emergency. But the thing is, there are probably things in the car that would be of help. Yeah. Not to mention, if he has, to, if he ends up being the arresting officer, he's got to get him to the. Are you gonna the police station somehow? On his back. <laughs> and that's the other thing in historic in, in most fantasy stuff, mm-hmm. the a human riding on a centaur's back is yeah. considered um, uh, dishonorable yeah. or a slight against mm-hmm. the centaur. Yeah. So why would he do that either? Yeah. I'm not saying I, I get what they're doing here, showing it's yeah. like okay, yeah, Colt is even bought into all this, and he w- is willing to run. He, he knows he can run seventy miles an hour, and he's somewhat enjoying it. And you do get that nice little luxurious hair thing he does <laughs> in there. It's funny. Do not get me wrong. Yes, but from a logistical point of view, it makes no bloody sense. 
And plus be like, do we know that Colt Bronco is be like, be like, is he the, the sergeant who has gotten complacent in his job or we don't know. We don't know any of that. So it's the fact we don't, like, we don't know much of what his job at the, at the police station is. Yeah. So my, my question would be, yeah, sorry if I cut you off. No, you're fine. Uh, my question would be, is Colt Bronco the there again be like has obviously he's run before, but at his as his age, he's 40 something right. years old. Be like, I'm, I'm I have this weird imagination where he starts running off and he gets out of frame, and he trips and breaks an ankle. Or well, see, this is the other thing that last scene yeah. is maybe is okay, it's long enough. Well, except the school yeah. was magically repaired, so we don't know how long it's really been since. The school was nearly destroyed and the end yeah. of the movie. Yeah. It could be a week or two. It could be a couple months. We don't know. And Barley has to be long. It, how long would it take a, take a centaur who is not used to running? Because why would he run? He takes a car everywhere he goes. Yeah. How long would it take him to train to be able to go from not being able to chase a van down the road, mm-hmm. which we see him mm-hmm. not being able to do? middle of the movie to seven to going for a run to go to the emergency yeah across town plus there's something called pedestrians that you can't because you can't probably can't run in traffic even if you're a centaur that is true and also being someone who's be like who is you know run, likes likes running likes yeah. walking the whole bit be like to go from be like be able to like peacefully jog and walk to a full sprint mm-hmm. that takes time it takes training to do that. Yeah. Even, so we, even if he's got using a horse body, it's not like the horse can get up to full speed in 30 seconds. You've yeah. got to work your way up there. And here's the thing. He's in an emergency situation. Yeah. Even if he's just going, unless he's going like three blocks down the road, he needs his car mm-hmm. for like a hundred different reasons. Other than just what, well, even the ones I've said, it does not make sense for him to go off and is running off after it and it's not taking his car. And the only reason he's doing that is because at the beginning of the movie, Barley said, well, you know, you're a centaur. Centaurs used to be able to run 70 miles an hour. And he goes, why would I need to run? I've got a car. It's the right answer. Exactly. Why do I need to run? I've got a car. Now, the reason I need to run is because I've got this big thing right here, but it's not a, need i have in my everyday life other than for health reasons yeah if he was going for a jog for health reasons yeah i was able to work his way up to 70 miles an hour i'd be fine with it but he's going off to work Mm -hmm. and going to an emergency at the end of this movie i don't care if it's across if it's three blocks down or next across over in the other side of what was that mushroomton is what they called it mushroomton I, I don't care where it is. You need the car. Yeah. Because you've got tools in the car that you don't carry on your person. Mm-hmm. And you need to be able to get the criminal just in case you need to make sure you can get that criminal back to the police station. Even if you're the only officer who shows up. Yeah. You don't need to run there. You need to take the car. Anyway, and, nitpick. I know why it's there. I know why the joke's there. Mm-hmm. It's fine. <laughs> just saying it's a logistical problem in the scene. Moving on. What's your last dislike? Uh, I really don't have one, though. Really? Yes. Okay, then. Well, then let's just go ahead and rate this thing. All right. Your rating, sir. Uh, I'm going to give it a nine. This is just, 
it's a great, amazing, wonderful, heartfelt story that just be like, if you have a sibling, you know exactly what you mean. Because there again, when you're younger, you're always fighting like cats and dogs. Like every story I've ever heard, mm-hmm. be like having younger siblings, it was always just, rah, rah, rah. be like, definitely it's boys. Be like, you're going to just be you know, like, boys are rowdy. Let's say that. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's just be like, it's this amazing story of two, two brothers going on this quest to see their father for one last time. And it's really just more them bonding and willing to give up the most precious thing they have in order to let the other siblings succeed. If that's just be like, be like, I'm going to sacrifice my car before we continue this quest, or I'm going to mm-hmm. go fight the dragon, even though I may not get to see my dad. Uh, I, I love this film. It's great. So yeah, nine. I'm also giving it a nine. Excellent. It's an excellent fun movie. It was exactly what we needed right there at the start of COVID. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Even though I wish it, this movie had maybe come out a week or two earlier before the fear started come, hitting in. Mm-hmm. So it could have gotten more of its share. But I mean, it's a fun movie. It's a great, it shows, it's a great, it shows great, uh, how, shows brotherly love in a, probably the best way I've seen it in a movie Agreed. so far. Uh, Chris Pratt and Tom Holland are great, have great oh, chemistry yeah. together. Mm-hmm. And, it's just a fun quest that we get to see, see occur. And yeah, that's why I'm giving it a nine. Excellent. Which brings us to the end of the, of this episode, which uh-huh. means we need to tell y'all what our next movie is, Yes, which is the Batman Superman movie world's finest. Ah, and your trivia question is technically which show is this a grouping of three episodes from? Basically, from what from whatever show it's from, mm-hmm. it is three episodes that they edited together into one movie. Yes. What show was those episodes made for? Hmm. That's a good question. Yes. But we'll answer that next time. In the meantime, however, this has been Drew. This is Jigga. And we will catch you in the next frame. You can follow Jacob on his Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. His Facebook page, Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where he tries to draw each and every day. His Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. His Twitter at Jacob Heron. And his letterbox to Jacob Heron. You can find Drew on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. His Facebook page, Drew's photo bin to see his photography. His letterbox page at GGeorge759. His Twitter at GGeorge759. And Instagram at Drew Dodgen. You can like us on Facebook at the Cellcast Podcast, on Twitch at the Cellcast Gaming, on YouTube at Cellcast, on Twitter at Cast underscore Cell. The Cellcast can be found at Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else fine podcasts are downloaded from. Please rate and review us where you found us, and also on Podchaser. Email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. The Cellcast is a proud member of both the Pop Americana and Culture Box Media Networks. For more information, please see the link in the description. Our theme song is Drop and Roll by Silent Partner. And remember, that's Cell with a single L.
Stila, what are you talking about? All right, hang on. 